Hey love, thanks for tuning in today. Are you or someone you care about stuck in the struggles of divorce, feeling heartbroken, lonely, or simply lost in life? Well, have no fear, the Joyride Experience is here. A 16-week women's growth group to heal heartbreak and reclaim joy after divorce. Join this tight-knit community because you deserve to be seen, heard, and healed with other women who just get it. Joyride is complete with an all-inclusive transformational toolbox, including both one-to-one and group coaching sessions, weekly growth modules, workbooks, and custom integration practices to implement in your daily life. I'm on a mission to empower women to become relentless about choosing and using joy to design the life they truly desire. I saved a seat on the best life bus and it's time to snag a spot. Simply visit joyfullydivorce.com today to book a free joyride session and make sure it's a fit for you. We're enrolling now for the August through December 2022 session. All right, it's time to start this joy jam. Join me now. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B. And on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Heartbreak Happy Hour. This is the hour where I have a special co-host who drops in for an hour with us and answers a bunch of pre-submitted questions that we've gotten from you guys. We also will grab any live questions that, that you guys have. Um, and we help answer your questions on how to shift some of your heartbreak that you're going through into healing. And so I have an amazing co-host today. I cannot even wait for her to jump on. I see that she is popping in here. So we're going to get Alon added in and then we'll get started. You guys, we have some really juicy, juicy questions today and it's going to be good. So don't forget that as you are popping on, say hello, drop your questions in the comments. We'll do our best to get to you. And let's see. Alon, can you request to join if you can see this? Oh, wait, invite to join. I can invite you. Let's see. Wait, hey, be. Hi, lady. Hi. Let me turn up my volume. Beep, beep, beep. How you doing? Can you hear me? I'm doing so well. Yes, my- we are live. One, two, one, two. <laughs> so lovely to see your face. Ah! Alan is over in the Cali land. She just got to drop into a great space over there in Cali land where I used to live. And I miss being there so much. There's something so magical about that area. Oh my gosh, it really is. Oh, so, so dreamy. Nice. Yeah, so dreamy. Coming back to visit this weekend, not permanently, unfortunately, but it's all right. Ohio's okay. It's all right. So we're gonna jam today on 
some incredible stuff. But first, I want you guys to get a little backstory, not even like backstory, but like, I want you to get to know Alan a little bit if you've never met her or never heard her on the podcast or never been part of my coaching circle, the coaching community. Um, she's come in and spoke several times, um, spreading her joy and her genius. So Alan, tell us a little bit about you and the type of magic that you do and why you're here today. Yes. Well, I thank you so much for having me on here because any time that we start to jam out on honestly any topic, I'm always just like, yes, I love talking to Heidi. Oh, we good. Riff off of each other, and it's just so magical. Yes. But hello for any of you guys who are just seeing me for the first time and meeting me. Um, my name is Alon and I am a self-expression and sexual empowerment coach. So I think it's really cool that Heidi does what she does and I do what I do because we kind of, we work in, in we complement each other's work, you know, I think it goes really hand in hand. Um, and so I, I help women. I actually have opened my coaching to men, women, all genders. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but I, I help people with their self-expression. And of course, that goes far and wide to, let, to say that that could be in platonic relationships with work um, relationships just the relationship you have with yourself how you dress how you speak that is all in the uh, within the scope of self-expression mm -hmm. um but a huge part of my work too is sexuality and intimacy so really understanding and, and allowing us to come back to ourselves first and from that place being able to cultivate really meaningful, deep relationships with others. Mm. So. so, so, so important, this topic of intimacy and connection. Um, and I'm just going to hijack happy hour a little bit here, which by the way, you guys, if you brought your joy juice, this is the first time, look at her cute cup. What's what's in your cup today for happy hour? That is gorgeous. Uh, we got a little a little coffee with. Mm. I love it. I usually have my joy mug filled with water. I still have my water today, but because this is the last heartbreak happy hour of the summer, I'm treating myself to a little bit of true happy hour juice right here. Got a little white vino. So cheers, everybody. Cheers. Good good stuff. Cheers. Whatever you brought with you. Cheers. Stick with us. We're going to be here for about an hour tonight. And if anything pops up and you're watching live, make sure you drop your questions in the comments. We will do our best to get to them. And we have a long loving list of questions that people have already pre-submitted. So I can't wait to dive in with you. But before I do, I was wondering if we can go on a mini tangent where you can really explain what intimacy means to you. Because I think a lot of people go, oh, she means sex or foreplay. But can you maybe like expand on what intimacy 
really means when you're working with folks on healing their relationship to all these different things? Mm -hmm. Great question. So intimacy in of itself um, is a pretty broad topic that, like you were saying, I think gets very misconstrued. Um, and there's just a big misconception that intimacy equals sex. When in reality, intimacy is its own whole world and sex is really just a piece of that pie. So intimacy is truly the, the deep connection of seeing, I know this is a very common theme or common uh, phrase, but intimacy being into me, I see. Mm -hmm. So really seeing yourself and others for the whole scope and range of who they are, the wholeness of who they are. Mm. So allowing yourself, so with self-intimacy, it's allowing yourself to see and acknowledge all parts of yourself, the good, the bad, you know, the things that we perceive as weaknesses, the things that we perceive as our strengths, our vulnerabilities, all of it really encaps encapsulates the essence of intimacy. Mm. And so that really translates also to others. When you allow yourself to see somebody for really who they are, and not always just the lens uh, that you want to see somebody through, right? Mm -hmm. um, and accepting all parts of who they are as a human being, as the imperfect, perfect beings that we are. And that's easier said than done. I think a lot of people say, oh yeah, I accept, I accept them. I accept all of them. I love all of them. But when we really dig down to the nitty gritty, it takes a lot to show up to a relationship number one as your the fullest most expressed version of yourself mm -hmm. to be able to let people in with any lens that they have on you is extremely vulnerable and then to just be able to connect on such a deep level it is easier in my opinion easier said than done yes which absolutely. is why we have to choose to practice and even understand the concepts of deep intimacy. I know that's not something that I was taught in school. I don't know about y'all, but I was not taught that in school. I was not taught that in college. I was not taught that until my life started freaking falling apart through the different wounds of relationships that I had had with friends, hmm. with um, also with in romantic relationships. And then of course, when my marriage fell apart and I got divorced, there were just so many different pieces that I didn't realize were actually tied to the deep intimacy and connection that I had with myself. Yeah. First off, right? Not, not even thinking about all the other people involved, but that deep intimacy with yourself is so important. Right, yeah. And always coming back to this place of like, acceptance of okay where are we at right now and let's be really honest with ourselves because I think that's a huge part of the self-intimacy too is when it comes to let's say body image you know that's a that's a big piece of intimacy really loving and accepting your body and mm -hmm. 
many, I countless times I've worked with women who are like, I just avoid the mirror altogether because I don't want to look at myself. And men too, I've realized they, they don't vocalize it as much as women, but men do the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you're not allowing yourself to even look at those things, you're in that denial, you're disconnected from yourself, you're disconnected from the radiance and magic of really who you are, that we perceive as something that's not good or not acceptable, not good enough, etc. You I just have to shout you out for a, an incredible, beautiful post that you just did a day or two ago. Um, where you're just sitting there, you know, held holding yourself naked. And it's just, it was just so beautiful to see you in that way, um, accepting all of the beingness and bodiness that you were sitting in. And that's not easy to do when we grow up hiding and covering so much of our physical body. It's actually such a representation of what we're hiding or ashamed of or embarrassed of that's underneath the skin that we're in. There's a lot more there than what meets the outside. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure if I was going to go here, but as long as I've hijacked happy hour, I promise we're going to get to you guys' questions um, in, in two seconds here. But I, I, I'm going to share something that I haven't really shared. I'm, I can already feel my vulnerability popping up, but I'm going to do it because we don't get a lot of questions here about intimacy and connection. But what you guys will learn, and if you don't already feel her magnetic, soft, juicy, loving aura, um, mm -hmm. I'm has always given me the opportunity to show up as I am in any moment and provide this vulnerability that feels so safe and so just like, I'm not scared to share when I'm with you, if that makes sense. Aww. And that if you allow yourselves to open up to her in, in any capacity um, throughout your journey. But um, my, I didn't, I didn't realize that my own personal insecurities around sex specifically really had everything to do with my relationship to my body. And it was, it was horrible. It was, and it was paralyzing and I didn't actually realize it until I got divorced and started doing some deep healing work, some shadow work, some mirror work, staring at myself. But I suffered from extreme body dysmorphia for a solid 15 plus years, maybe even 20 and, and disordered eating. Um, so, so I really felt horrible about my body. And before I hit the waters of divorce way before I went to a therapist to kind of like figure out and ironically, not ironic is the wrong word, but what I went to my therapist for was work stress. Mm -hmm. All right. So I, I was in like a pretty, crazy job of event planning and I was just getting so stressed at work and so I went to a therapist for that well come to find out she uncovered my stress was actually coming from something way deeper which was my body image and at the time I didn't know it throughout my whole marriage but my body image issues were creating a distance between me as I exist and between my true true self and in doing that, I created distance without knowing it. It's an unconscious thing between me and my partner. 
because I wasn't fully accepting of me and loving of me and always ripping myself apart and turning myself away from the mirror. That was the same type of energy and, 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 or even rejection that I was doing with myself on my partner and not rejecting him. And he never rejected me, but I rejected myself, especially in the bedroom. I was like, I can't even imagine this man like wants me all the time. Like my body's so disgusting. I'm so gross. Right. And so this is the part I really wanted to get to is eventually my therapist said like, Hey, we need to have your partner come into a session with you to talk about your body image issues. Is he even aware? And I'm like, no, I mean, like, I don't, I don't throw up every day and I, I don't eat nothing every day. I thought the only ways of, um, uh, of disordered eating were anorexia and bulimia. Well, turns out there's many layers of that. And, um, I just seem to have the version where you would try to exercise so much. I, I thought I'm super healthy. Like I, I'll just eat whatever. So essentially binge, whatever, whenever, however. And then I would just run for hours and hours and go to the gym for tons of hours. Well, actually that's a form of bulimia, the mm. calorie deficit. It's just a, cal a caloric game. So anybody struggling with food and body, I get you out there. It's, it can be very slippery slope. It can be dangerous, get help for it. Um, but so I brought him into my therapist session and she said to us, um, if Heidi doesn't get if her, or she said, if you two don't get your intimacy figured out, you're never going to make it. Wow. And in that moment, I was like, what a bitch. That's what I felt like. I was like, I quit. This woman is not for me. Like hyper defense mode. Yeah. And I was like, you don't know me. Like, you don't even know me. This is a body yeah. thing, not a bedroom thing. Like I, I thought like, I've always been really shy because I grew up like with the church rules and all the stuff, like don't have sex before you're married. And it was like such a huge thing. Like all that, there's so many layers to it, but more than that, it was just like this lack of intimacy and connection that I refused to give to myself. Mm -hmm. And it rickled into my marriage in more ways than I realized until it was so too soon to know. And then it was over. So all of that said, I guess like my real question to you is like, is she right? If we don't figure out sex, are we setting ourselves up for failure? Great question. <laughs> right. If we don't figure out our intimacy, are we setting ourselves up for failure? I think it's almost a question. I think it's almost like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Um, they, they go off of each other. They are in tandem. So when, when you are disconnected from intimacy, disconnected from your body, things, everything is cause and effect. So the disconnection with yourself will eventually equate to disconnection from others if it's not already happening, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and if you are focused on intimacy with yourself and focused on intimacy with others, then things tend to 
run smoother, of course, because you're feeling connected. But it's interesting, the, the wording on that question, that if, if you don't figure out your intimacy, your relationships are going to fail. And really, and really, like, intimacy is what the word we're using, but her words were like, if you don't figure out sex, if you, if you're, if you don't figure out your sex life in the bedroom, like, you guys are over. This mm. is done. This mm. is done. And it felt very in my face, very threatening, very like, and I think what she meant to say is, hey guys, let's work on your intimacy issues. Let's work on Heidi's intimacy issues. Let's work on his intimacy issues. Let's work on your, but what came out was this like, like it's about yeah, physical end of things. And that will be the end of things. When I think in retrospect, it's like, hold on. Like I needed to figure out what was actually going on underneath the layers of the physical parts because the physical part had always been the unaccepted part of me. Mm. I like. I, I liked like my spirit and my soul and my values and like, like a lot of that makeup, I always felt mm. good spiritually, but I felt poor in my relationship to my physical being. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But they go hand in hand. They do go hand in hand. And I would say this isn't always the case that if, if you don't figure out sex in a relationship that it's over because there's so many different relationship dynamics that work in in platonic and also in romantic yeah um, i would say that most human beings are sexual beings you know evolutionarily speaking we are sexual beings. That's how we reproduce. But I do also feel this is kind of like bring this into the conversation that there are asexual people as well. And so in those instances, sex is not going to save a relationship. It's just a matter of understanding what each person's needs, desires, boundaries, vulnerabilities are. And meeting halfway and, and figuring out what works best for both parties. So just wanted to like say that as well. Um, yeah. Well, but, go ahead. Oh, uh, you go, you go. Well, I, I think the conclusion that I came to eventually was what is true is that if we don't figure out intimacy with ourselves, that will seep into the intimacy that we have outside of ourselves in so many ways, in, in, in the way that we interact with our coworkers, friends, family, um, just, I, I think everything in life. And I think it, it doesn't come down to like <clears throat> just the connection between others. It comes down to the intimacy we're willing to, have with ourselves yeah yeah absolutely and I was just like reflecting on my my own past and in past relationships you know 
obviously I teach on intimacy because intimacy used to be a huge thing for me, like a very big problem area. And I was, I had many a time where I really saw and recognized, wow, I struggle with intimacy. Um, but there are just so many little instances like IE not feeling comfortable even to here's the range here's the range of intimacy for me and this is how is how it went when i was with friends platonic friends sitting next to somebody who would be like right right by me if our arms were touching or had any skin contact i would kind of pull away because it would make me feel nervous like oh, like that's just uncomfortable to even be like skin to skin contact with somebody who I'm not even sexually interested in. It's just like another person. Yeah, like I don't want to send the wrong message. That means that they're going to think like I want to be something. Yeah, or not even that. Like just, just, oh, they might think it. it's just uncomfortable. Just a, yeah. put an explanation to it. Just didn't feel good. And then on the flip side, you know, I had many relation uh, romantic relationships and in those romantic relationships i would go from feeling that type of fear toward intimacy to then all of a sudden going the opposite direction and being like hypersexual and being like okay let's go it let's get into it and rushing through it and um almost being like just throwing myself into the fire because that was what was expected of me and that was the way that I was trained or you know conditioned whatever I grew up to believe that if men want one thing and if you don't give them that they're going to reject you they will think less of you they'll think you're a prude they like whatever the whatever the case may be so I always wanted to be like the cool girlfriend were you chameleoning at all were you I like based on what the person you thought the person wanted of you you would slow things down or you would speed things up or were you always operating on the belief that like men want this go um I think a little bit of both a little bit of both sometimes I would mirror what they were showing to me um huge people pleaser you know I had a very hard time being in my own sovereign truth and my own opinions on things I didn't even know what my opinions on things were it was just sort of like yeah this is what you do and right great but you can see the disconnect there the disconnect of myself with me and myself in those moments and at the same time me with that other person just completely in my own world of what I think is good or expected or you know yeah it's really going into your own intimacy and uncovering it and discovering it is such a powerful practice. Mm -hmm. And for me, I needed to be guided through that yeah. part of it because I didn't know 
how I didn't know how to start from anywhere other than what I had seen social on like socially and what I had been taught through my parents and religion and even through different friendships that I had had. Like, you know, when all the girls would get together at slumber parties or whatever, and they would talk about all the different things and I would just kind of be like, Oh shit, I hope it's never my turn. You know, I haven't had any of these experiences. I was just always the girl like shy, wait, don't talk about it. Like I couldn't even put tampons and I was so freaked out. It was like breaking the law, you know, yeah. Yeah. and that's and that I grew up under, but once I freed myself of all of, I really stripped myself down to nothing, like mm -hmm. physically and emotionally, right? Like I got naked, I looked in the mirror, I did a lot of mirror work and all the things, but I also pulled out all of the old beliefs and just like went, okay, let's start from ground zero and figure out what this even, what I decide this means for me. Mm. What type of intimacy and connection I want to have with other people in other ways and it's changed the game for me i remember when i met you we were both kind of going through that uncovering process like at the beginner phase of like figuring all this stuff out and it was the first time i actually felt like i had like deep meaningful meaningful female relationship like and I've had a lot of really powerful female friendships along, along the way. And I'm so grateful for those friends. I still have um, a handful of friends from, you know, growing up and stuff, but it's different than somebody who knows nothing about you and you allow them to come in and you, and you really choose what things mean for you to move forward as this new version of yourself. And that was something that was really special and sacred to just go like, what are we going to choose for ourselves now? And every month get together with a group of girls and just be like, what'd you figure out about yourself? What'd you figure out about yourself? Yeah. It can yeah. be an empowering, exciting process. It doesn't have to be scary and you know, all the things. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be at your therapist for saying the wrong things. Like you can find a really good safe space to, uncover things about yourself and I know that's what you're doing in so much of your work working with people um in path to pleasure in your in your program yeah yes really uncovering to this this whole conversation I want to um add to that of this good girl persona that mm -hmm. so of us grow up um you know so many of us by that I mean <laughs> this man, this female <laughs> presenting <laughs> but a lot of a lot of women who grew up especially with a religious background whew, we better be good we better be well-mannered we better be you know doing the things that we should be doing mm -hmm. by society standards and if we go out of that little straight and narrow little box that we are shoved into um you know everything bad is gonna happen you're gonna have people talking behind your back you're going to be shunned from the group which is a very primordial um thing that still exists within our psyche of being kicked out of the tribe for lack of a better word but yeah. yeah, 
just it's just wild how deep and how many layers of conditioning and um belief systems are like layered on top of each other that as adults as we come to realize like well I don't even know who I am anymore who who am I apart from all the labels and the identity that I'm just playing this role of people perceiving of me like yeah. really, it's it's a process it's a deep and, process and like because I was I was girl good girl mom complex all the way right mm -hmm. just like uh, unintentional I truly believe like unintentionally brainwashed just like generation after generation after generation just dropping it down I don't think my parents intended to push or shove their things on me but right. that was reality um but essentially at the end of the day you just kind of go like well I'm not uh, I, I'm not good or I'm I'm not a, I'm not being successful if I don't wait to do these things or if I don't explore things or or even I mean, we haven't even touched the topic, which I'm excited about. We need to dive into these questions because this one goes hand in hand. But um, we haven't even touched the topic of just like self exploration, right? On on a on a sexual level. Mm -hmm. So we gotta want to just jump into these questions. Okay, let's, yeah, let's go. Okay, because this first one really like is a nice little bridge into this. Okay, so and reminder, you guys, if you're jumping on and you have any questions about turning your heartbreak into healing or anything we're pretty open book drop them in the comments below we'll do our best to see them and answer them but these are all pre-submitted questions that came in over the last couple of weeks so the first one says um it kind of sounds like the good girl complex but i don't have any backstory these are just submitted questions so alana and i are going to do our best to make a few assumptions and do our best with what we have because in a normal coaching setting we would take you deeper we would be asking questions back and all the things so this one says i'm totally shy when it comes to sex oh my gosh this was my former self now that i'm starting fresh i'm assuming this person means like they're recently broken up or just out of a divorce something like that that's a lot of the folks that i serve so now that i'm starting fresh i don't want to bring that part of me that shy part of her into this new relationship, but I don't know any other way. How can I ease my shyness to be open to new things? I think I'm just scared of not being good. I'm assuming she means, or he means, could be he, he means not being good in the bedroom. Okay. So we got a shy, little sweet, sweet shy thing that maybe feels like that didn't work in their last relationship and wants to kind of like, jump out of shy so that they can be better in bed. Mm, okay. So I'm hearing that said person wants to be a little bit more assertive maybe, um, or would just like to be more open to exploration or be more open to being able to like try new things. Maybe they have, a lot of a lot of um, ideas that they haven't explored. I think that's what it sounds like to me too. Yeah, like maybe open to trying another side of themselves. Maybe yeah, the, the shyness is was just like one layer, and they're like, I wonder what's what else I could try. So the first thing that comes to mind is in communication with a new partner 
the communication is going to be everything for you in this process because you cannot just show up as a completely new person in a new relationship and expect to know how to navigate that with confidence and ease, right? And you can't just, just dismiss the version of you that you just came from, like, ah, it, not that person anymore, you know? Right. Yes, it's, again, this is a process, this is a journey, it's a practice. So ultimately, this is, a, you know, what I'm hearing too is, this is a process of really coming into your own, really coming into who you are as a fully expressed person. Mm. And, and in that, you, you've got to be able to talk to your partner throughout the process. And I would go so far as to say, you talk about how shy you feel. You talk about, okay, uh, yeah, I've been feeling really uncomfortable. And this was the situation in my last relationship. And this is where I'm at right now. Like the question that you're even submitting, talking about that with your partner, like, hey, you know, like, I don't wanna be like that anymore. I would like to, you know, explore and see what else is out there. I would like to feel more, you know, um, confident in my body. And I'm not there yet, but I'm working towards it. And I just want to let you know, what are your thoughts? Yes. They co-creation. So mm. don't put so much pressure on yourself to show up as like the perfect partner. Okay. Like everything is a, the, the balance, the balance. I love what you just said. I'm going to pause you right there because when they said, I think I'm just scared of not being good. I read into that like not meeting someone else's expectations and being yeah. rejected. And yeah. so I love the word co-creation. I think that that's so magical when we can give ourselves permission because intimacy communication is intimacy. Yeah. Like start in phase one, how can we get intimate through our communication first mm -hmm. so that we can take that what we've learned through communicating on even deeper levels of intimacy. So thank you for bringing that to the forefront. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Communication is everything. And just, again, showing up as yourself, who you are in this very moment and bringing that to the relationship and going like, Hey, this is where I'm at and this is who I am. And, this is where I'm at in my process. If you don't like it, that's okay. But this, this, it's always the courage, the cour courageous moments, you know, this is a scary moment. And I understand that. However, it's these little moments that we just allow ourselves to do the scary thing that 99% of the time has a completely different outcome than you would have thought was, was going to be. You know, we, we build these things up in our heads so much of like, oh my gosh, I can't, I could never tell them that I've never done this or I can't do that or I'm too scared or whatever. They're going to think X, Y, and Z of me. 
when in reality, when you allow yourself to be vulnerable and put yourself in that position, it is more of more often than not, like 99% of the time received so well. And, and like it, it, it gives that permission for that other person to also feel safe to be vulnerable with you. Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say is you're actually leading the way permissioning someone else to step into an area that maybe they've never been given the respect of communication or of asking what feels good for you, what doesn't feel good for you. Like the only way we can co-create is to know these things. And I remember the flip switching for me, um, going through the healing journey. And for the first time with the partner that I'm with now, um, actually going like, holy crap, like I, I am not embarrassed to say, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't know what that means. Even, and even with women too, just like asking my friends, like, okay, you guys are all laughing about something. And, um, I'm not ashamed to ask you, like, what are you talking about? Because I'm nearly 40 years old and there's a lot of things I haven't experienced still in my life. And I'm not embarrassed about it. I just like, we don't know what we don't know. And there's nothing to be embarrassed about. You know, it's like the best thing you can do for yourself to be in the loop to understand the secret sauce that people are talking about, whether you decide that you want it or not, take it or leave it, but just to be vulnerable enough to have those intimate moments with your friends and your family and your romantic partners and all the things to just go like, Hey, can we talk about this? Cause it's not registering. Yeah. I don't want to pretend anymore that I get it because when I pretend that I get it and I don't, I'm missing, I am missing out. Yeah, you're missing out and then you're building um, you're building this false, you know, mask that you think people are looking at you for, like, oh, she knows what she's talking about with this when you really don't. And that just that builds some real anxious energy, let me tell you, because I have been there before. <laughs> Where I'm like, oh, they think that I'm like, you know, good this or you know that I know so much about that and it's you don't need to put that pressure on yourself you yeah. don't need to we are all human and we are all figuring life out like nobody has it fully figured out you know even like experts in you know me who's been in sex and intimacy for several years yeah and long before that with my own experiences, but, um, you know, I haven't, I feel like I haven't even touched the surface of how deep every single world of, you know, world goes. Yeah. Topic. For sure. I'm going to stay on the, uh, we have non-sexual questions in here and we're going to answer those two right after this next one. But while we're on this topic and flow, um, I think it's important to answer this one. And this person says, I'm feeling sexually depleted, AKA it's been a long while. <laughs> I'm not seeing anyone new and I'm not into booty calls. I'm embarrassed to say, but I've never really been one to self-satisfy. There's a lot of quotes in here. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure where to start. 
Okay, so does this make sense? Sexual depletion, it's been a while, not really into booty calls, but like not, doesn't really understand self-satisfaction. Where should I start? Okay, loves, quick 20 second timeout to talk about an amazing free resource for you or someone you know who's feeling sick and tired of crying on the bathroom floor drained from divorce. I get it. I stayed stuck in the struggle bus for far too long because I didn't know what to do next. It's time to get up off that bathroom floor and hit the reboot button to start moving forward. Simply share or visit joyfullydivorce.com today to download the free what now workbook. It's a blueprint that outlines the six simple steps to starting fresh. I've taken the guesswork out of what's next because we all deserve to design the life we truly desire. Now let's get back to the show. Okay. So what I'm picking up with this is not a lot of self-exploration time has happened. So when we don't allow, there's many layers to this, but I'll just say this. A lot of times we think that we're just not very sexual or that, um, you know, something's wrong with us or like, I just have a low sex drive. Mm -hmm. um, I just made a post about this too, but oftentimes when we think that that's the case, there's actually a lot under the surface there. So really going down deep into the roots of what's causing you to feel like, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't really engage in self pleasure. I am, it's been a long time. I don't really even know what I want. Um, more often than not, there's probably a lot of, of shame and guilt and um, maybe, I don't know, this person's background history, maybe some sexual trauma in the past, or maybe some just some experiences in the past that have not left you feeling very good. Mm -hmm. And so you associate sex or pleasure, sexual pleasure with bad experiences. Mm-hmm. which makes sense right of course if you're like oh i've you know i've tasted apricots my whole life i don't like them i don't like them but then you try them in a different context like in a jam or something and you're like oh this is actually pretty good it's really just about understanding that just because you had one or a few bad experiences that that does not equate to the whole. So I want to throw that out there first, because I know for myself, I, there, there was this one point, I think I was like in my early twenties and I just had this like epiphany, this epiphany at that time where I was like, is this really it? Like, this is sex. This is what everybody talks about as this great, amazing, fun thing. This sucks. <laughs> this is not very fun at all. And I just probably- Like, it? <laughs> yeah, like this is- I've had the experience, yeah. That brings people the closest together. Like, this is the pinnacle of life. 
I don't think so. Um, I get it. I know I've been there. So, but those were also like looking back at those moments. And I just want to say, cause what I said was like, oh yeah, I've had those experiences. Those were also times where I didn't know. I didn't know how to communicate what I wanted. And so I'm just laying there, just taking whatever it is, not saying boo about it. And then rolling over going like, is this it? Like I was responsible for that as well. So I don't want it, anyone to feel like they're like shamed or have pressure to perform or anything. That's where so much of this negativity comes, comes from. Like I was responsible for those experiences just as much as the person I was experimenting with. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So coming back to the question, coming back to the question, where do I start? Yeah. I think it's really good to get an understanding of yourself and um, not to put in a shameless plug of my path to pleasure program, but you sound like you'd be a perfect candidate for the program because we really dive into the foundation of pleasure and the foundation of uncovering that the shame and the deep rooted like beliefs that are hindering you from feeling like you can be comfortable with masturbating. I don't know if I can say that word on here. Hopefully they don't cut us off. Okay. Um, (laughs) or, (laughs) or yeah, just, just being comfortable with your body. Um, but I would, I would start with, doing some research online and having fun with like almost I always tell my clients to go take themselves out on dates and to romance themselves and it can feel maybe a little um nerve-wracking and uncomfortable for you but even if you just took the night to be indoors with yourself light some candles get a glass of wine or tea or whatever you want and spend time like researching just researching different different kinks that exist researching different fetishes at you know doing research on like what is a fetish and what is a kink like just allowing the um lens of curiosity to take hold because when we allow ourselves to be curious we are not going to be in our fear. Fear and curiosity are opposite. So if you just let yourself be open-minded about, hmm, I wonder, I've always thought about this or wow, let's look at some crazy things that I wouldn't even like think existed. The internet is a beautiful place to start. Just having fun with it. Um, and on the flip side or not on the flip side, but in conjunction, doing some body mapping exercises. So what I mean by that is, is taking the time to really get to know your body. Yes. uh, By this, I mean, you don't even have to start going all into the self pleasure. You can start by just giving yourself a good old body massage, massaging your legs and your knees and just being really present and mindful as you are massaging your body, like noticing all the sensations. You can even add in tactile things like a feather or 
you know, if you get a rose and just, just lightly caress your body with it and see where that takes you. That will, oftentimes, that will um, help you with your self intimacy in that, in that process. But I love body mapping too, because that's really where I started on my self intimacy journey, exploring mm -hmm. and feeling that part of me. The body mapping was huge because you can do it in your in privacy and you can really pace yourself into it and just get curious about does that feel good does that not feel good you know even even like you said just massage like does that depth feel good like do I need to rub harder or softer you know like even like getting an ice cube do I like the sensations of cold things or warm things or things like that where you're just getting more intimate with your own physical body first before just anything else. And the other thing um, in this person's question, it was really interesting that they used the words self-satisfy. And I love how you identified that there was, there's probably a lot of shame there. Um, maybe even some guilt or feeling kind of naughty by doing things on their own that just like so many beliefs we could explore with this person. But um, using the word self-satisfy, I've never been one to self-satisfy. My other area of curiosity would be on the emotional level. We talked a little bit of physical things, but on the emotional level, maybe ask yourself, where else am I not allowing myself satisfaction? Because how we do one thing is oftentimes how we do a lot of things. So am I not allowing myself to be satisfied? Just eating certain foods, having those, they're called guilty pleasures for a reason, like uh, really tasting all the flavors and eating more slowly and intimately and where else am I not allowing myself to feel satisfied am I not feeling satisfied in my job am I not feeling satisfied in my friendships like this could go into a lot more areas than just feeling sexually depleted right on an emotional level yeah great great question to bring up there Heidi yeah yeah all right. Well, we have a lot more questions and a lot less time. So let's go into some of these other areas. Okay. Um, okay. I love this one. And I feel like you're a great person for this question. I don't know why you're a great person for all these questions, um, but she, or he says, one of someone says, I'm ready to move on, but I hate big letters, hate doing things alone. I feel like I have no friends because all of our shared friends went with my ex. Okay. I feel trapped because it's lonely to try new things on my own. Okay. There wasn't really a question in there, more of a statement, but I think what they're really asking is like, I want, I want to, I want to move on. But like, if I, if I don't like doing things alone, like, how do I do that? Hmm. Why don't you like doing things alone? <laughs> what makes you, is there a, an actual discomfort with being alone? Mm -hmm. A great thing to start with. If, if you really just enjoy sharing life experiences with people, that's of course, totally valid. Mm -hmm. Um, and at that point, there are so many resources that we can tap into. Um, 
meetup. I don't, you know, I think depending on where you live, but the mm -hmm. meetup, you can go on there and find people to do like-minded activities with, go on hikes, do art classes, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that's a great way to plug into networks too, to plug into Facebook groups that, you know, are in your area to um it's it's really everything is mindset when it comes to thinking that you're stuck okay so if you feel like i'm stuck i can't move on but i want to move on let's talk like you know we have to address all of the all of the statements there that you are perceiving as truth that really may not be the case Yes, I love that so much. There are a lot of statements there that that this person is taking on as their truth. And that's going to allow that's going to put you in a position of feeling very paralyzed by your pain. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've learned out of helping a lot of divorced women heal through their pain is that it's very important that we start allowing ourselves to have a healthier relationship to uncomfortable things. Yeah. Is it to be lonely? Yes. Is it uncomfortable for you at this time to do things alone? Yes. And a lot of times that leads us to what we need to do most, which yeah. is, is do just that. And I loved your first response, which was, why don't you like doing things alone? You and I have a shared friend. We don't share this friend. She's both of our friends. <laughs> um, but um, Annie and I did a podcast called a satisfying single life how to create a satisfying single life and she um actually talked about this exact thing which was um if you don't like being alone look at the person you're with what don't you like about the person you're with which the person you're with alone is you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so there's something so much deeper there um that we get to explore that gets to provide us so much growth and expansion and healing. Hi, Desi. Oh, love you so much. Desi! Yes. Um, but yeah, that, that alone time is actually, we get to shift our mindset around being alone and loneliness. Um, I'm, I'm going to do a podcast called how to unlearn loneliness because mm. something that so many people commit to believing as truth and we just have to we just have to shift our relationship to loneliness and realize what a sacred space it is to be in aloneness there's mm -hmm. it, they're different things um and that's all i'll say on that because i'm going to do a big jam on it but let's go into the next one because i want to get as many questions answered in the next three minutes as we can okay. <laughs> my answers no no it's okay it's okay i just want to respect your time as well um ooh, ooh, ooh! this one has never been answered are you ready for this i don't even know how, i don't even know what my response to this would be but um so my ex has always been the provider the breadwinner mm -hmm. and now that we're apart he still provides i feel like because he's providing so much i still owe him so whenever he calls, texts, or tries to keep in touch, I make myself available, even though it's making it harder on me to move on. If I need the money, 
I, if I didn't need the money, I think it would be different, but I can't survive on my own. Oof. There's a lot there. Yeah. But essentially I think, tell me what you think. I think this person is asking like, I think this person is asking, how do I detach? I think there's some guilt there. Like, how do I detach from my ex, even though they're giving me money? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So, feeling indebted to somebody will make your world spin in not the best way. And when you feel indebted to somebody... I know this because of personal experience and this was the household that I grew up in with my parents. Um, that brings so much, uh, like you were saying, shame um, and guilt of like, oh, I can't, I can't just you know, have my own boundaries because I'm relying on this person. Yeah. And when you really tap into that energy, when you tap into that energy, there's feeling power, feeling like your personal power is in their hands and that you don't have any right? Yes. Um, and when you feel like that, life feels a lot harder because you don't even feel like you're in control of your own life. Right. So I would challenge this person, especially because they said that it's some, I can't remember the exact wordage, but it basically saying I can't be self-sufficient. I can't survive on my own. Yeah. That's a big, big blockade belief right there. Right? Yeah. That is, that is something that definitely should be explored for longer than a minute answer here. Yes. Um, and please, please, please make sure that you do explore that because that one little phrase right there has a lot of context to it. Yeah. I also, I, I love everything that you said and I couldn't agree more about that last statement. And also I would invite this person to just start by asking yourself if I didn't rely on this person's money, what would I choose? How would I be? Would I make myself indispensable every time that text ding goes off? Would I make myself, you know, just trying to keep in touch, trying to hold connection? Would I, would I do those things? Because we want to start operating as if we're living the life that we're meant for. And we can do that if we start asking ourselves those deeper questions. Like, what would I do if this, if there wasn't this reliance, there wasn't this tie here? Um, what would that look like? Get curious first, 
doesn't mean you have to take action. That's ultimately the goal, but you know, you're, the way you view it may evolve over time as you discover more about that and, and shifting the survival mode into what would it look like if you could, <laughs> what would it look like if you just had so much abundance? How would you be? And I don't like, I'm oh, I'm going to buy a boat and a house. Da, 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 da. Like, no, just how would you be in your life? How would you show up to life? How would you show up to that relationship with that other person now that you are, are living in an abundant, safe state. Yeah. Really that survival mode um, really red flags me into like, oh my gosh, like there's so much fear. There's just, there's, there's just a lot there. There's just, yeah. a there's, there's um, definitely some mental imprisonment going on. Yeah. yeah. Personal imprisonment. And I, I wanted to add, oh man, it just came, came and went. Um, mm. as you were asking that question, I was like in the shoes of that person thinking, okay, what, what would I be thinking right now? Just feeling that, oh, nervousness, like, yeah, but I can't, yeah, but I can't, I, I could, but I can't. And in that moment, I encourage you to, to really recognize that your life is yours to be had and yours to be lived only this other person who's providing you the financial security and safety is not living your life you are living your life so there's going to be a, a point a fork in the road at which you get to decide am i going to take radical responsibility and ownership of my life period and that is sometimes a very tough pill to swallow sometimes that is very uncomfortable and challenging but i promise you that it is not impossible yeah actually a lot more possible than you probably are perceiving it to be. yeah yeah yeah. And, and I feel like there's also that element to add on to that of how would I be if I couldn't rely on this person? So there's the two parts of exploration you could do here. One part is like, how would I be if I didn't have to mm. and just have so much abundance? And how would I be if it wasn't there? How would I be if that lifeline wasn't there right now? And our ego, our, our scarcity mindset is going to go, oh my gosh, I, I, I wouldn't make it. I'd be, I, I would be in a ditch, you know, li living in a tent. I would have nothing. I'd be homeless. I would, and you're going to automatically want to go there. But when we can shift into a more opportunistic mindset, um, just like we can slow down, get into our body, hunger down into the truth, which you can get support for. Mm hmm allowing ourselves to really explore and get curious about what that aspect is. It doesn't have to be a scary exploration. It can be a very safe, supported, empowering ex exploration um, while you do have that lifeline to also give yourself some other opportunities. Yeah. If you have that, what would it look like? How would you be? In mm -hmm. state, how would you be? Not in your like deepest depressed state, like in your empowered state, how would you go about that? Yeah. yeah. 
Oh my gosh. I told you the hour would go by so fast. <laughs> so quick. So quick. So wild. Is there another, just a quick question? Another, just. There are, there, there, there are. I'll give you, I'll give you um, one that we might be able to tackle real quick. Um, okay. This one says, everything reminds me of my ex and it makes me sad. How do I stop? Ooh, that one's so juicy. I can feel that on every level in my body. Like everything reminds me of them. The songs. The... Oh, the songs are a big one. We're a big one for me. But like, how do I, how do I make it stop? Ugh, so sad thinking about all the things that are like, you know, the pillow reminds me of them and this reminds me of them. How do I yeah. make it stop? Yeah. And you get to let yourself feel that we're always trying to move away from the pain and allowing yourself to feel that and reminisce is okay. And that is also part of the healing process. That's part of the grief. Mm -hmm. We can't skip steps. We just, we can't skip steps. And I also want to say too to that, how beautiful that you get to see all of these things in your life that reminded you of a person, but on a bigger grand scale of, of just like a more retrospective point of view, that love that you feel or that, um, attachment when you see a material object and you relate it back to a certain person it's really the feeling that that gave you right it's not like seeing the thing and being like oh it's that item specifically it's the feeling behind it the memories and that love that is felt is never ever a bad thing to feel <laughs> and don't close off your heart and don't close off your your love because you feel that pain mm -hmm. the best thing that you can do is to feel that that pain even how deep it goes and to go okay despite me feeling this and feeling sad that everything reminds me of this person i'm going to choose to keep my heart open as hard as it is and let love continue to pour into my life as new memories are made with other people. Yes. Ooh, that's such, that was so juicy. And I, that was so juicy. Just using it as a reminder that your heart is still available for more of that. Yeah. Not that you're trying to rip that part of you out and throw it away. It, it, it gets to be, and I know this is going to be a trigger for some people, but it gets to be a place of gratitude at some point for like, wow, I have the capacity. I have the capacity and the ability to feel deep, deep joy, to feel deep, deep love and connection. It's use it as a reminder. Those, those moments of pain, use those as a reminder, use your pain as what's possible. That's yeah that part of you hasn't shut down, it's still there, which just means you have the ability to continue accessing that mm. part of you, which is so incredible that yeah. there are people who walk this earth that feel like they have never accessed that part of their beingness. Mm. So sad, right? There are right. people 
in deep, deep, deep pain and depression who have never felt like they've opened up that part of love in their life. Mm -hmm. That is gratitude and momentum for what is coming to you in this next beautiful chapter. It's kind of, it's kind of like, if I did it before, I can do it again. It's yeah. just proof to you. It's just proof. Like I did it before I can do it again. So yeah. even the narrative of just like, oh man, this makes me so sad. This makes me so sad to like, wow, that is just showing me that that is still possible for me. Mm -hmm. Feel it now. I can keep feeling that. I'm open. I'm open. I love how you said I'm open. I'm available. I, I shared this um, on another podcast, but one of the things that I also did was changing the narrative to love songs because music, it was just <laughs> such a layer to ourselves. Yeah. Freaking love song. I was just like, come on. Are you freaking kidding me? This reminds me. But I was choosing to attach it to my ex. It wasn't even songs that we had gone to concerts on. It was just like any kind of, she gave me this, she, he gave me that, I'm your everything. I was just like, oh, I can't do it anymore, right? Hold on a second. Am I back? Okay. Yeah, I'm back. So what I finally decided to do was just change my relationship to those songs as if I was listening to them as the version of me that loves me so deeply. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Was, and like, you gave me this, you gave me that. And I was just like, I was alone. I was out there living life on my own, just trying to regain every, regain myself again. Mm -hmm. And chose to start listening to those songs and going like, wow, that's, that's my highest self singing to me right now. Or my, mm -hmm. you are so loved. You are my everything. You give me strength. You give me hope. You created my whole world. That was just my highest self singing to me. It wasn't, it wasn't my like past lover. Oh, yeah. Yes. Sing yourself a sweet love song until you're ready to, until, until you're, you're able to cultivate and create and attract that, that attention again for yourself, affection again for yourself. Yes. Oh, I love oh. So, so freaking much. I'm so grateful for you. I want to ask where people can find you, where they can sign up for Path to Pleasure. You have a retreat coming up. Like, how should people be connecting with you? You're everywhere. Woo! Yeah. So on Instagram here, um, please add me. I'm also on TikTok. I have the same name. So it's Alon.Zelenka on TikTok. Um, I post a lot more. I just all oh, I'm all over the place though on there. She is so good and, over there. <laughs> and then I also um yeah, just DM me if you are interested in the Path to Pleasure program. You can just send me a message. I'm gonna be launching it at the beginning of August. So I don't have a link up just quite yet. But if you want to stay in the loop and follow along, then I'll be here on Instagram. Yeah, if nothing else, you guys just follow her because her content is fire and she just is such a truth teller, super vulnerable, super open book. You can ask her anything, DM her, message her. She loves it. 
if you want her back for more, send me a message. Tell us what topics you want to jam on. Um, Cup of Joy, the podcast, is going to be airing this exact episode in your earbuds on every podcast platform next week, Tuesday. So if you didn't get enough here and you want to replay it um, in your ears, you can get it over there or, or hit replay right here. So thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for being part of the summer series. Thank you, Alon, for bringing your light and your joy and your genius. Love you so freaking much. So and to the rest of you guys, go into the world, shine your light bright, and love yourselves healthy. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz aka a review on apple podcast to learn more about cup of joy the podcast and my soulful services visit cupofjoythepodcast.com chat soon